Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the Small Business Fuel Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Wilson, and I serve as the area director of the UGA Small Business Development Center at Georgia State University. Uh, The purpose of this show is to provide relevant resources and essential information to small businesses in Georgia that helps you grow and succeed. This show is produced, recorded, and distributed on several social media and streaming platforms by our incredible resource partner, Business Radio X. I'm joined by my special uh, host and co-host today, uh, Talisha Farrell-Jackson. She's a small business specialist uh, at the Georgia Department of Administrative Services. She is a small business cheerleader, advocate uh, for contract specialists and procurement officers and end users and anything involving procurement. Uh, she is the go-to small business champion uh, for, for the state. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyping you up, so you better come through. All right, so welcome to the show, Talisha. Good to have you back, as always. Thank you, Paul. I'm glad to be here. Yes, that's quite an intro. I'm expecting my pom-poms and my theme music to play in the background. You're going to get some sound effects pretty soon. (laughs) I love that. I would love that. Exactly. (laughs) Pretty big hype there. Definitely. Well, we're excited. Um, Today, again, we we have a a special guest um, who's um, with us today. Uh, It'll be my first time uh, getting to... um, engage uh, with this individual and we had fun off off the mic uh, before we got started so i'm looking forward to this interview um, in a great way um, many of you may already know him he's a uh, bruce t bell uh, currently he's the interim interim director um, for the city of atlanta and in the office of, of procurement i um, contracts and uh, definitely if i said anything wrong bruce just correct anything i say uh, from that standpoint but definitely uh, we're excited to have you and talisha i think you you probably have much more detailed information you can share about bruce um, before we get started. Oh, absolutely. His favorite color. I know his shoes. Uh, <laughs> no, let me just let you guys know, this is a great person to know. And if you don't know, then let me introduce you to him. Bruce Bell is a native Atlantan. He received his bachelor's degree in business administration from Talladega College and his master's from sport management from Tory University. Yahoo! Way to go, HBCU in the house. So Bruce has dedicated his entire professional career to the city of Atlanta and its supplier diversity and inclusion programs, commonly known as the Equal Business Opportunity and Small Business Opportunity Programs. Over the 35 years of his service to the city, he served under, what, six mayor administrations, Young, Jackson, Campbell, Franklin, Reed, and Bottoms. That's Keisha Lance Bottoms. And see, only those of you from Atlanta would know all six of those, right? Uh, They're only known by their last names. You don't even have to say their first names. Although Bruce is retired from the city of Atlanta, uh, which was back, what, during the pandemic or right at the beginning of it in March of 2020, he was asked to return to duty in June of 2020. And he continues to serve the great city as the interim director of the mayor's office of contract and compliance. So not only is Bruce accomplished um, in his procurement expertise, but he's also a retired NCAA Division I college basketball referee. 
He's officiated over 1,500 college basketball games during his 33-year career history, and he's also worked seven years for the NBA National Basketball Association in its referee operations department. So I welcome Bruce T. Bell. Thank you. Absolutely. You're very welcome. So you uh, started off, Paul, I just want to make it clear that in 33 years of history, he started, he must have started when he was three years old. No, right? Just three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Right, right. He doesn't look a day over 33. <laughs> Absolutely. So you are an institution, sir. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, let's let's jump in. Um, and again, because you have a, also have a, a, your your career, but also even now a very significant role uh, with the city of Atlanta. So, so talk to, to individuals about what your role is and, and, and what your office does. Um, again, to, to our small business owners who, who may be listening right now. All right. So, the mayor's office of contract compliance is the office that administers the city's supplier diversity and inclusion programs. And so if you're listening and you're currently certified with us as a minority-owned firm, a female-owned firm, or a small business, uh, you can cherish the fact that the city is spending $3.3 billion annually and that 31.5% of those dollars are going to uh, firms who are certified in those areas. And so that's a billion dollars for small businesses. And uh, we're happy to report those figures. Those figures are tops in the nation. And so we get a chance to stick our chest out because we're we're trending at a really high level of uh, participation at the subcontractor, men and protege, joint venture and prime contract levels. Uh, our members of Atlanta City Council can stick their chest out about these eye popping numbers. And not to mention the mayor uh, gets to point out the fact that uh, we're tops in the, in the country. No, that's that. That is awesome. Um, I, I didn't um, wasn't aware what those numbers were. So just to hear um, the engagement mm-hmm. and that's backed up by contracts and, and the dollars um, is awesome here at the city of Atlanta mm-hmm. um, is, is so uh, progressive, even um, right from that respect as it relates to contracting uh, with with minority owned businesses. Good stuff. So, um, so what's out of that billion dollars? I mean, that's that's a lot of money. So, what type of contracts and services and products uh, does does a city buy or city like Atlanta purchase? So, so these contracts are typically in the construction related services area, um, and so if you're in a general construction, if you look at all the vertical uh, buildings and um, other areas, uh, professional services, where so architectural and engineering services, landscaping, uh, all of these contracts. When you, you look around the city and you look at the growth of the city, you'll see them in contracts. So it's a little different area than, let's say, commodities and supplies, although those are areas that also are uh, necessary to help the city grow. Okay. Think about uh, parks and recreation. When you go to our gyms 
swimming pools, natatoriums. Um, when you think about um, the Beltline and and all of the greenery that you see, all all of those would you know fall into those categories. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bruce, I had the, uh, and Paul, I had the pleasure of having Bruce uh, visit and serve as one of our panelists for the uh, Georgia DOAS Procurement Connect uh, Small Business Readiness Workshops. And there he was able to express all of the, 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 the opportunities that you have, not just with the state of doing business with the state of Georgia, but doing business within the state of Georgia. And the city has many opportunities that, you know, are available as well. Um, one of the things that we talked about was who's responsible for posting those solicitations, right, Bruce? And what's the best way to get information about those solicitations? Can, do you mind sharing with Paul and the Business uh, Fuel Podcast listeners how to sure. go about doing that? Sure. So our Department of Procurement, if you're in City Hall, now City Hall is closed right now, but we have a little roller board that it rolls over all of the contracts that we have that are coming up for bid. And then, of course, online, we have a, a page that outlines, we start out with the synopsis page. So the synopsis page tells you what we're going to bid in roughly 30 days. So that gives you a chance, you know, to, to get ready. All right. And then when we have the specific projects out for bid page, it lets you know what we're bidding immediately. So it's, so it's a two-pronged approach. You get the, the get ready phase, which is 30 days out, and then the immediate phase. And so if you have a staff person who can dedicate their time to looking at our webpage, uh, every Monday and every Friday, you will not miss an opportunity. And so that's the, the, the best practice that we share with our companies. Have someone in your organization check our, our, our website, webpage, if you will. Gotcha. We're bidding a lot of work. Again, you know, we're spending $3.3 billion worth of contracts. Right. And so if you blink, you, you could miss something that could, that's lucrative and it could be the end of the world. You could miss out on a multi-million dollar contract because you weren't paying attention to the webpage. So uh, that's my uh, helpful hint regarding that. So we also advertise on the state's uh, website so you can find our contracts there. Um, and Actually, in, in other governmental municipalities, oftentimes, depending on the kind of work, they'll advertise there. But our Department of Procurement is primarily responsible for sharing with the business community all of our upcoming projects for bid. Gotcha. So, so if I'm a business owner um, and, and I'm preparing to bid, um, and you mentioned earlier about certifications. Right. You said if you're a minority owned business and you're certified, you have to get certified. But let's say let's say I have a certification for, to work with the federal government or with GDOT here locally or maybe even with, let's say, Cobb County. 
can I just bring that certification? Say I'm already certified or does the city of Atlanta have a completely separate process? Completely separate process. So okay. we're the industry leaders. Right. And you, you, set, you set the pace for everybody else, right? Us. That's right. <laughs> now, Careful now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no. So we certify. We, uh, in fact, my office certifies minority-owned firms, female-owned firms, and small businesses. We do not certify disadvantaged business enterprises. You have to go to MARTA or GDOT for those certifications. Okay. Now, other governmental municipalities around town also have contract compliance programs, and they may have their own certification process. But we do not do what we call reciprocal certification. So let's say you get certified at uh, Fulton County. Mm -hmm. You cannot come to the city of Atlanta with your Fulton County certification letter, and we accept it. Gotcha. Okay. So, but we will tell you, all right, fill out this application and you can become a part of our database. Now we have about 1300 certified firms in our database, which is a, a gracious plenty. Um, but we don't accept any, anyone else's certification. What we tell firms is that our certification process is hard only one time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we're going to ask you to round up all these documents and make sure you make copies of them because our certification is good for five years. Okay. And at the end of that five year period, you have to go through the process again. Gotcha. But if you made copies of the documents, your first go around, then it becomes easy the next time. Right. Okay. Man, Paul, it sounds like he's a, uh... Spreading some of that Dikembe Mutombo <laughs> blocks. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Sounds like some not in my house. Right. That's what I hear. I don't know. I could be wrong. You know, he well, has served I, with I the NBA. He does have that. I want to feed into it. You know? <laughs> Jeez. I but we want you to look at it this way. All right. So again, we're spending $3.3 billion dollars. And about a billion of those those dollars are going to minority-owned, female-owned firms and, and 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 small businesses. And so firms get to be territorial about these opportunities. So they don't want you to, you know, you don't don't accept certification from outside sources because we're competing for the same billion-dollar pie, so to speak. But so, you know, it's so funny that. Uh, um, that you don't have reciprocity between certain counties and municipalities and local governments because, you know, coming from state purchasing division, we are responsible, you know, for the purchase of more than, just as Bruce said, 4.5 billion. We're, I mean, both the city, the state, they're, the entire state of Georgia, we're responsible for billions with a B mm -hmm. of dollars of goods and services each year. Um, and for state purchasing, we provide that are responsible for state entities, colleges, universities. And as uh, Bruce is mentioning, you know, cities, municipalities, you've got local governments that are also involved in all hands in the pot for that, for the entire state. So you would think, but, you know, just setting the procurement rules and regulations, everyone's on the same page with that, managing the process and the systems and platforms, everyone's on the same page as that. So, and promoting that equal access to all of the small businesses. We are definitely all, um, you know, 
uniformed and and all in and having the same voice for that and and really providing that for the small businesses. So we won't hold that too much against you. <laughs> all right. So then, if that's the case, is there an issuing officer, though, so to speak, Bill uh, uh, Bruce, for each of the contracts that are out, or when it's a an RFP or RFI or you know or any type of those that when requesting for proposals or quotes or information, are there specific issuing officers that are attached to those uh, bids? And if so, do they provide their contact information as well once you're going through that process as they navigate through the process for the small business? Yes. So when you're checking that uh, website for a particular project, the contact person or procurement specialist uh, we'll have a name, address, email, telephone number attached to it. So if you want to find out particular information about a specific procurement opportunity, you would contact that individual. Then we also have uh, pre-bids or pre-proposal conferences where we bring in the subject matter experts for that particular contract and we give you a general overview of the project and if you're present, uh, either virtually or in person, you get to ask questions of the entire team to get a better understanding of the, of the contract and what's involved in it. And that will help you make a decision to bid or not. Okay. So, and so, yeah, there are several individuals, but for each contract, that information is given on the website. Okay. So that's a part of your pre-bid or your conference or mandatory conferences or pre-bid well it's not mandatory but it's in your best interest to attend absolutely miss something if you don't absolutely right Right. makes sense so on the inverse of that do you know is there also a debriefing process or if there is an unsuccessful supplier Mm -hmm. or unsuccessful bid do you also uh, allow opportunities for them to talk to that issuing officer or anyone regarding why or you know what they can do better the next time Yes. And I strongly encourage you, if you don't win, that you ask for the debriefing. Mm. Uh, the, you know, the ugly side of the business is that sometimes we deem a firm non-responsive because they didn't fill out a form or, or they didn't answer all of the questions. And some of it is just paying attention to detail. And so if you, if you, do something wrong, you need to know so that you won't make that same mistake on the next bid. A lot of firms just go straight to the price and they say, well, I wasn't the low bidder and they move on and don't pay attention to the fact that they were deemed non-responsive because they didn't uh, correctly fill out the, the, the bid submittals. And just as a part of growing your business and growing your process of bidding on contracts, you need to know where your weaknesses are. And that's what that debriefing does for you. Because we'll walk you through the document and we'll tell you, you did this good, you did this good, you did this good. However, you didn't do this good and you didn't do this correctly and that caused you to be deemed non-responsive. So after you go through that one time, it typically helps you to not make those same mistakes on subsequent bids and proposals. So I, yeah, I would recommend, I know you guys do that at the state. That's one of the things that we do 
And but as a contractor, if you don't request it, then we don't share the information with you. So you should certainly request it. Uh, that's, that's an excellent point because I think one of the, one of the key aspects right of winning contracts is understand how the process works, mm-hmm. uh, but also understanding like how do you effectively present yourself, right, um, to to uh, decision makers and and those who are either facilitating the process or executing the, the procurement process. Uh, what are your thoughts again on businesses who are trying to get introduced right to the city of Atlanta and want to bring the goods and services? Um, so how do you start doing business from a, let's say from a marketing or business development standpoint, what would be your recommendations? So one would be to attend pre-bids because typically there's an opportunity for you to meet the procurement specialist or the user agency subject matter expert, or even the compliance officer and to share Uh, what it is you do and how you do it. We call it the two minute elevator speech. Mm -hmm. Um, And so pre-bids, pre-constructions, pre-proposal conferences are good, but also most governmental municipalities have outreach sessions. And those sessions are designed for us to tell you what we're bidding and to share best practices with you. And there's always an exchange. So you're sharing, you, the contractor, sharing information with us, uh, and we're sharing information with you. And it's, uh, I like to give an analogy in our pre-bids. If I have two Super Bowl tickets, and I know I'm going, and I'm going to invite someone, am I going to invite someone I know or someone I don't know? Right. Hmm. So, you're going to invite the state, Talisha. You're going to invite the state, the outreach specialist from DOAS, Department of Administrative Services. Thank you. (laughs) So, yes. So so you have to make sure you're known. And that's a part of the networking. uh, It's part of your elevator speech. You got to make sure we know who you are. And then we and then, of course, when it's time to deliver, you have to do good work. But you cannot get certified and then sit in the house and wait by the phone. Because the contract doesn't come to you that way. You got to get out and you have to press these buttons. And that includes networking and making sure you know the people in your industry. And that's where those yes. sessions come in. And Bruce, that's exactly right, Paul. And I, I love to just really expound and take pride in uh, the partnerships that we have with the city, with the UGA SBDC. Um, with the state, the local governments, um, and other resource partners. So it's very imperative, not only for the supplier to network, but also for the buyers to network, right? And for us to connect as resource partners and provide that support and information across cross-functional lines for each of us. Because like you said, Bruce, we post, or you guys post on our GPR, which is a great thing for the suppliers, um, we uh, provide information for SBDC to our suppliers as resource partners. So it's a it's a win win for all of us when we can all unite and partner together and um, provide outreach. So having said that, since you mentioned certain times of the year, Super Bowl time of the year, 
just wondering, is there a certain time of the year or a buying pattern for spin within the city of Atlanta regarding the goods and services? Is it seasonally, physically? I mean, uh, fiscally, shall I say? I'm thinking of Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> 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 totally, totally super well, well, well brain now, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Physically, but fiscally uh, or seasonally, is there a certain buying period or period or time of the year for posting or different contracts? So I would say yes and no. Okay. All right. Now, regarding construction related services, we are doing an extreme amount of work in the spring and the summer and early fall. So you, you, you can be riding through Atlanta and see construction going on everywhere. So we're taking advantage of the weather. Right. Okay. But regarding our bidding patterns, we're bidding all the time. So now December's slow, typically December's slow. But in the other months, we're, we're constantly bidding uh, opportunities, but we, it, for some reason, it just seems like everything hits on the construction related services side because all of the work is, is happening spring, summer, early fall regarding, uh, professional services like our, our annual A&Es. A lot of these contracts are three-year deals with two one-year renewal options. So it's a five-year contract. And on these A&E deals, most of our architectural and engineering firms are in their offices putting together the designs. So it doesn't matter to them what time of year it is, but they still have to produce the products and, and, and get them to us, the designs to us, because these are lucrative contracts. Those A&E contracts are lucrative. Those we have, those contracts are typically $5 million bundles. And then when you break that out over you know, three to five years, you're talking about $20 million packages. Right. And it's a fierce battle to win those contracts because, you know, if you miss out, you got to wait five years for the right. next opportunity. Right. And so, boy, it, it, those are tough. And we have those uh, citywide as well as just for the airport or just for watershed management. Um, but it's very lucrative if you're in the if you're in the uh, A and E field. Gotcha, no, that's good stuff. So as um, we we talked about, you, know, you mentioned twenty million dollar contracts, super large contracts, right? Um, but we know a lot of businesses don't have the capacity, right, to maybe handle those larger contracts. Um, so maybe um, could you just share with us a little bit about maybe different increments of, of contracts as well as are there certain is there a certain dollar level that doesn't have to be bid out? Uh, so we know in other agencies and federal government, state government, you know, whether it's twenty five or fifty thousand or ten thousand, right? There's certain levels where that it doesn't have to be bid, right? It can be awarded sole source. Are there any types of contract opportunities like that with the city of Atlanta as well as smaller, just overall smaller than the really, really big contracts? Yeah, our, our smaller opportunities, we get quotes. We and we always want to get three quotes on the stuff that's under fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So, uh, but our program, our supplier diversity and inclusion programs are designed for smaller firms to participate at the subcontractor level. So bonding and insurance is, is not that big of an issue. So you're working as a sub 
with the larger firms who are taking care of the bonding and insurance. Now, there's still some insurance levels you have to deal with, but it puts you in position to get on a city contract, get some experience, do some good work. People will acknowledge that you do good work. And after you've done that for several years, it's a strong possibility that you can grow your company to a point where now you're ready to bid at the prime contractor level. And, and so that's the basis of our uh, supply diversity and inclusion program. Of course, we call it the Equal Business Opportunity. That's our oldest program. And then our Small Business Opportunity Program is our what we call our race-neutral program. And it's done really, it, it's, it does a really good job of helping small firms grow. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing because even in our outreach for the state, we're constantly being asked about subcontracting opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so that is a great way, not if not with the state, but again, we always stress if not with the state, within the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you brought that to, you know, uh, to the attention of the viewers. Thanks uh, for that. So tell us, what are some upcoming contract opportunities? Tell us in the pipeline for the city of Atlanta. Come on, spill the beans, <laughs> spill the tea. We want the stuff that you haven't <laughs> told anybody else. We want the good stuff. Yes, exactly. Hey, wait, but you better not tell any more that you told them at the workshops <laughs> because then my viewers made it. <laughs> no. um, that's, that's in the past now. This oh, that was like a week ago. My bad, right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, give us some more tea for this week so we can take All right. <laughs> okay. So we just talked about the A&E contracts. Yes. All right. And just so we're clear, A&E, we, we, I A&E. know we get into our acronyms, but if you want yes. to just clarify what A&E is. Engineering Services. And so we have one that's uh, getting ready to come out at the airport. So that's our airport annual A&E. Annual Architectural and Engineering Services. That is a high dollar contract. So typically what you'll have there is a joint venture team. Our program has one of one of our uh, greatest features is that for a contract of five million dollars or greater, you have to have a joint venture with at least one certified minority or female JV partner. All right. And then you typically will have a team of subs, two, three, four, five subs. And they're working on this five year contract, a three year deal with two one year renewal options. And you're looking at, you know, somewhere between 20 and 40 million dollars. OK, so it's plenty enough to eat on. It's a good, good deal. We also have an A&E contract coming out for our Department of Enterprise Asset Management department. We call them DEAN. Not quite as lucrative as the airport, but still $15 million or so worth of A&E services. Okay. And then, of course, Atlanta Transportation, we call them ADOT. They also have an annual A&E contract that's coming out that would be lucrative as well, 12 to $20 million. And so the, they will all require joint ventures. So you've got uh, two firms, at least one certified, or maybe even three or four firms forming the joint venture team. 
Okay, one of which would have to be a certified MBE or FBE. And then subcontractor opportunities as well. So a team, and they're, they're working on these design projects for a five-year span. So those are the most lucrative professional services contracts. And then at the airport, you know, we've got a lot of construction. Can you remember the last time you went to the airport and didn't see some construction going on? (laughs) (laughs) So at the airport, there are plenty of construction contracts. Uh, One of the the big issues, uh, one of the big contracts we have is uh, we've got a new airport hotel that's coming out. That's going to be a big deal, multi-million dollar uh, opportunity and uh, all kinds of trades from grading and hauling, drywall, uh, rebar, concrete, you name it, electrical, plenty of skills. You think about what goes into building a hotel. Right. So you've got all of those trade categories going on. Um, And so, and then at our watershed management, Uh, Department of Watershed Management contracts. We've got a lot of wastewater contracts um, and and our watershed department is bidding uh, uh, $700 to a a billion dollars, $700 million to a billion dollars. Let me struggle through this. $700 million to a billion dollars Okay. You, can, you can't claim billions for everything. You cannot claim all the billions, Bruce. Okay. So we're spending $3.3 <laughs> <billion. laughs> So Jeez. <laughs> right. I mean, he's trying to claim all the Bs, the lowercase Bs, the capital Bs. I mean, how many billions do you need? <laughs> oh, a so, lot of money. How about that? A lot of money. <laughs> going on in the city. Yeah. Plenty of opportunity. Yes. Yeah. It does sound like it's plenty of opportunities that are going on. You know, it's so funny. I wanted to ask you, Bruce, do you guys have um, uh, in your registration when you, they go through and they register for the city of Atlanta or through the city of Atlanta, do you guys use the same codes or NIGP codes or do you guys use NAICS codes? Is it NIGP codes for you NAICS all codes. as well? Yes. I'm- so we use NAICS codes. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have not switched over to uh, NIGP codes. Okay. Uh, I just, um, it's just, you know, such, it's so imperative. It's so imperative to stress the importance of, businesses really registering themselves with the proper codes, whether it be NAICS codes and federal or whether it be NIGP codes for local and state. Um, you know, it's just very, it's important because that's how they're getting those class. That's how they're getting classified in those classifications. That's how for us in our GPR with our, in, we use NIGP codes and that's how they get the bid notifications for any opportunities that are, you know, within their wheelhouse. And so with you saying construction, uh, you know, it's taking me back, Paul, to thinking of our most recent easy I, IQC contract, um, indefinite, uh, yeah, qualifications for that. And that details of opportunities for contractors, uh, Bruce, you know, as many contractors as you are mentioning, too, in different capacities. And so having said that, there is a lot of growth that's going on in Atlanta or in Georgia. 
And so that is definitely one. And then with pivoting, you know, all of our uh, opportunities or all of our contracts, pivoting the businesses during the COVID, during COVID and the pandemic, there are new opportunities that are stemming out, whether it be in IT and uh, management consulting and, you know, so forth. So it's good to hear that. And, and it's good to hear that there are subcontracting opportunities within the city of Atlanta as well. So we want to make sure that we highlight that and let it, uh, let the listeners know. Thank you so much. A- absolutely. And, and as a part of that, you know, we, we did talk a little earlier about um, as you find out about these contract opportunities, right. And you want to get to know some individuals, um, any tips on as people are trying to get to know these contracting or procurement officers, um, and I used to use the term, be persistent without being a pest. So how do they, again, get to know these officers and other important individuals without overwhelming them or, or, or even jeopardizing the bidding process by stepping over the line? So any just a few more tips and pointers just related to them building relationships um, with, with procurement officers. Bruce, he's not talking about your fans, OK? <laughs> not this time. Not what your fans this time, Bruce. Not talking about those people. Right. <laughs> So, so typically, and I'm sure that most governmental municipalities have uh, rules and regulations regarding procurement opportunities. The term we use is the blackout period. Okay. Okay. So the blackout period is the time that you cannot talk to anyone but the procurement specialist that's handling that particular contract. And so what you want to do is figure out when a procurement is advertised and you want to have conversations really before that, before we get to the blackout period so that you can have carefree conversations with a procurement specialist so that you can share with them the things that your company does and, and share with them references and it not be construed as crossing the line. Okay. But one of the things that I would say is that the procurement person is, I like to call them the referee of the process. Of course you would. (laughs) So their job is to make sure that everybody's playing by the rules (laughs) so that there are no fouls committed. Right. But they're not making decisions, not really, on who has the best bid, the best proposal, who's the low bid. I mean, it's, you know, the answers are right there. The people who are really making these decisions are the subject matter experts in each user agency. Okay. Okay. And so if I were a contractor, that's who I would target instead of the procurement specialist, because the person who's deciding which proposal was best is the person that's in the user agency who needs the widget, so to speak, and they're grading all of these proposals. So you want them to know what it is you do and how well you do it. And that's who I would target. And I wouldn't wait until it's time for the bid to be advertised. You want to have these conversations in advance so that when the bid, when your bid comes in, they say, Oh, I remember him or I remember her. And uh, we had a good conversation and then they can evaluate the bid. And so at that point, it's just how well you put your bid or proposal together. 
Gotcha. That's good stuff, man. We didn't get into much into the referee. You know, it's just March Madness now. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll have to bring it back and have that conversation uh, <laughs> uh, about that. Uh, so, but, but definitely, <laughs> did. I think we may have time for one more question. Time go by so fast, but I think we may have time for one more one more question from you. Okay, uh, I'll just say: Are there since you talked about payment and the amount of funds and the money that's out there that's untouched and and that's accessible or available, or you know. Uh, what are some of the common payment terms? What are the current payment terms associated with the city of Atlanta? So I think that a lot of small businesses need to be prepared for that coming into a contract as well, that it's not just about a successful bid, but it's also about being able, the capacity and capability of maintaining it. So you want to talk a little about that, Bruce? So most of our contracts are net 30. Okay, and so we typically cut off construction work on the 25th of the month. Uh, then you prepare your invoice and you submit it to the city, and it's a net 30 contract. So the expectation is that we will process your invoice and issue payment to you in 30 days. Okay, now we do have a prompt pay act which says, and this is different from everyone else uh, in the state, our prompt pay provision says that as prime contractor, when we pay you your money for that invoice, you have 72 hours to pay all of your subs. Oh, wow. All right. So you get three days to pay your subs, 72, that is not a lot of time. And these are, of course, business days, okay? And so what does that do for for the subcontractors? It gives you an idea of when you can get your money. And some of them will call and say, did you pay ABC company? And we say, yep, we paid them on January 1st. And so they count it as 72 hours, they know when they're gonna get the money. (laughs) Right. Okay. Every every municipality has a different structure with the, with the pay, the prompt pay provision. But whatever you do, you have to pay within 30 days. So MARTA, one of our partners, has a 10-day prompt pay act. Okay, so these decisions are made based on your governmental municipality. We have 72 hours, so we're paying in three days. MARTA, MARTA is saying that uh, all of their primes have to pay their subs in 10 days. Talisha, what's, do you know the prompt pay uh, provision for the state? Everybody has a different uh, number. Ours is the, is the smallest. We've got the smallest window. You got to pay in 72 hours. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's different. And as a contractor, you need to know what the prompt pay provision is at the various governmental agencies so you know when to expect your money yeah um we don't i i I don't recall us having a prompt pay for the subcontractors but i'm gonna need a prompt pay for the employees i'm gonna have to implement an advocate no they do (laughs) no 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 wait we get promptly paid. Don't let me put that out there. Right, right, exactly. we, are, we are passionately, appropriately, and promptly paid. Thank you very much. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's that's interesting to know, Bruce. Thank you for shedding light on that and giving uh, that information. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so as we kind of kind of wind down. Um, so first, uh, want to make sure that uh, we get contact information so that people know where to go, right? To to either get certified as well as to get registered as well as to learn um, where they can learn about these procurement opportunities. So please share that information um, so people know know where to go online uh, from that standpoint. Okay, so if you're looking to become certified with the city of Atlanta as a minority-owned firm, a female-owned firm, or a small business enterprise, you can download our certification application if you go to www.atlantaga.gov forward slash contract compliance. You'll get our webpage. And then if you scroll down about three-fourths of the way down the page, you will see a link for certification applications. You'll see one for corporation, sole proprietor, LLC, general partnership, and you just click the one that applies to your organization. All right? Fill that out. We're going to ask you for some uh, documents to go with your application, scan them in and send them to us because City Hall is closed. So you got to scan them in and send them to us. And you're going to send them to Megan Payne. She's our certification manager. Her email address is M as in Megan, Payne, P-A-Y-N-E, at atlantaga.gov. And then the process takes 60 to 90 days to get certified from the point that you have submitted all of the documents. So you can't give me half. You got to give me everything. And then the clock starts ticking, 90 days. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Lenny, any final words of wisdom or thoughts that that you just like to share with our, our, our small business community to help? either encourage them, inspire them, or just even educate them on uh, what they should be doing next to partner with the city of Atlanta? Well, uh, the biggest thing is monitoring that uh, website for opportunities. Okay. Then, of course, we encourage you to become a certified uh, firm, whether it's minority, female, or, or small business. And then we also encourage you to get DBE certified. DBE is an acronym for Disadvantaged Business Enterprise. Okay. okay. Because that puts you in play for federal contracts. So we want you to be able to surround all of the opportunities. You got all of the certifications, uh, which give you a chance to uh, bid on everything and get participation credit as a minority-owned, female-owned, small business, or disadvantaged business enterprise. And then last but not least, you have to do your marketing and your networking because you're not going to get that Super Bowl ticket. Right. <laughs> if people well, they're not going to get that Super Bowl ticket because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to get their own Super Bowl ticket. <laughs> of course. Of Just course. to be clear. Just to be clear. <laughs> stuff. But Talisha, you have any, any final thoughts um, for, um, for, for today's show? 
No, I just, I mean, I was enlightened and I appreciate Bruce coming out and sharing information regarding the city. Always great to see you and always great to share platforms as well as resources with you. Uh, I am glad that we've been able to partner throughout the year uh, and hope to collaborate more and partner more throughout the upcoming years (laughs) and uh, future months. Uh, just as far as, uh, do I get to give a shout out to DOAS, Department of Administrative Services? I, 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 Bruce, no, not in my house. Is he doing the campaign? No. I, I get to play the referee now between you two, it looks like. <laughs> ah, man. That's a tough call. And then we wonder why there's no reciprocity. Really? Right. We're sharing billions, Bruce, billions in the pot here. <laughs> you want to keep all your good supplies to yourself. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I will say that, you know, just Bruce was on point, on target to stay connected to the websites, the city of Atlanta, the state, wherever it is, within the state of Georgia, with the state of Georgia, stay connected, pay attention to the websites, um, pay attention to upcoming events, uh, and, you know, wherever, make sure that you get your marketing materials in place, pay attention to your NIGP and NAICS codes so that you get any type of notifications on whatever platform that you are using, And a lot of us definitely outreach to one another. So, you know, if you attend one event and Bruce may be there, where's Waldo? You know, we may be there and DOAS may show up. We have great partners, SBDC, GTPAC, um, GDOT, that we both reference quite a few and quite often. So thanks so much. I appreciate you sharing your information. Thank you. Absolutely. And Bruce, uh, it was definitely a pleasure um, having you and getting a chance to meet you for the first time. Um, But looking forward to, like I said, our organization, too, with SBDC um, being a resource for small businesses. We're trying to navigate uh, this process. So uh, so just um, and and with the state. See, we play with both both parties um, and helping businesses (laughs) do business with the city of Atlanta and with the state of Georgia and anybody else. So we definitely want to remind it. That's still my ticket. My extra ticket. The extra ticket belongs to... We'll talk offline, Bruce. Okay. (laughs) Not in my house. (laughs) Thanks again. Um, And and thank you all for listening to this episode of Small Business Fuel. Our goal at the UGA SBDC is to provide you with relevant resources, practical tools, and training and resources to help small businesses grow and succeed. If you would like to connect with us to get one-on-one consulting for your business, Uh, We have business consultants in 18 locations around the state of Georgia to assist you, whether it's the city of Atlanta or even in South Georgia, somewhere way down there. Uh, So please visit us um, at our website at georgiasbdc.org forward slash Atlanta to get connected to the office at Georgia State University. So until our next episode of Small Business Fuel, please stay safe, healthy and profitable. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. To learn more and get your first month free, go to onpay.com.